Welcome back to another episode of Art of the Flow. My name is Dylan. I own the float shop in Portland, Oregon with my lovely wife, Sandra. And I think the customer experience starts when giving an introduction to the float tank itself. And my name is Gloria Morris, and I believe the customer experience starts when they get in a float tank. Haha. And this is Kim Hannon. I own Sukino Float Center in Salt Cave in Southern Indiana, and I think customer service starts when they book the appointment. Smarty pants. And this is Drew from New Hampshire Float. And I actually think that the customer service experience starts as soon as someone hears about your float center. Whoa. Mm. Whoa. What? What? What do you guys think? Whoa. I was so wrong. <laughs> Oh, wow. I'm so glad we're a no bits podcast because we really need some work. <laughs> no, uh, I agree with you. Totally. So I was making up my answer. That was a fake. I, I agree with you, man. Yeah, yeah. So for the people at home, we, yeah. we practiced that beforehand. I copied it off Gloria's Not answer. well. She Not well. Yeah. <laughs> Not, well. Uh, Not a lot of practice. Yeah. Just a little. <laughs> They said, so what are we going to do? And then I started introducing the show. <laughs> so that's how much prep we did for our intro. So, uh, Drew, I, I feel like I'm in an st- episode of Star Trek here because I feel like there's a temporal anomaly when you're talking about it. It it, um, it begins with your word of mouth, somebody hearing about your float center. That means somebody else may have already had an experience with your float center and then is then talking about it, which means there's some endless time loop. I don't even understand, Drew. You're going to have to elaborate. It's like the chicken or the egg. We mm. could debate this all night long. but <laughs> And we I'm will. Gonna, <laughs> and we will. But I'm actually going to break this down into two different parts, if you will. So I think there's a different start of your customer service experience when you're building and opening. And then I think there's another one once you're open. Because I do think it's a little different for people who are already operating and people who are getting ready to operate because you can't bring people in as you're building but you can start to build your customer experience through social media through email lists um, through your website very important so when you can't get people in the doors as you're building you do still have means to kind of give the audience a good idea of what your customer experience will be like. And once you start getting onto social media, you typically start receiving questions and that right there starts your customer service experience. Are you responding to people? Are you responding to people in a timely fashion? Are you fully explaining things to people? Um, You know, so there's a lot that goes on prior to, but then once you open that customer service experience, Uh, it changes, it widens that net. It becomes everything that you guys said. It's when you're in the tank. It's when you come in for an introduction. It's when they pull up to the parking lot. Um, I think there's a lot that goes into that experience, but it does, once you're open, a lot of people are going to find out that you're open through somebody they know or somebody they meet. Mm. And word of mouth is obviously huge if you're successful at that. So 
having someone say, oh, I have a bum knee. I just had knee surgery. And Joe, who's at the party with them, says, well, I just floated and I have a bad knee too. And it was awesome for my knee. Oh, what's this float place? This is New Hampshire float in Londonderry. You should go check it out. Right? So they start telling about their experience that they right. had. Right. Oh, it was awesome. As soon as you go in, the lights are like this. The music was like that. It smelled like lavender. Right. All these things. Or the water's are... cold. It smells a little funky. But, you know, it's still cool. Like, all of a sudden, your, your demographic is narrowing down based totally. on the, that customer experience. Right. And they right. So it could be positive or negative. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have to do your best to control that, which it is in your control by, you know, cleaning and how you interact with people. Um, so, yeah. So it's a wide umbrella, but sure. hopefully and I think we're going to talk about this for a couple of episodes. So we do have some things broken out. But, um, yeah, that's where I think it kind of it starts for people who are opening to get on social media, start showing what the customer experience will be like. And then mm-hmm. once you're open, it's actually interacting with people and providing excellent customer experience. And I want to hand you this know, off Drew, to you, Kim. You... Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I, wanna... I, have a, I have a comment on that. I want to hand this I off think... to Kim real quick. But first, I want to mention that, you know, one of the first customer interactions a client is going to have is with your scheduling software. And the scheduling software that I absolutely love is FloatHelm. FloatHelm is super simple, not only for the customer to do their scheduling, but also from the back end to do all of your setting up for float tanks, for your LMTs, acupuncturists, classes now as well, which hopefully will be coming back into vogue here very soon. Um, And also some really cool things like with setting up your gift cards and being able to set up promos so that it's not like anybody who visits FloatHelm is going to see the gift card, but... Um, somebody directly from a particular link that you can track, things like that that really make it easy on the back end while providing a very customer-centric uh, experience on the front end as well, which is obviously what we're talking about today. Uh, I just want to mention floathelm.com is where you want to go to not only schedule a tour, you can also get a demo of the product. It is a win-win situation. It's an absolutely amazing product and there's no risk so again floathelm.com is where you want to go kim uh please i wanted to ask you about the branding experience um since Mm -hmm. you're the social media master um is that what you were going to mention to some degree yes i think you know drew brings up a really good point about your the customer experience starts with what other people are saying about you and that is your brand what other people are saying about you. Mm -hmm. We often get tied up in branding is your colors and your logo and your fonts and that sort of thing. But really your brand is what people say. And that's so hard to control what other people are saying about you. That's something that comes to light. You know, if, if for one guest you're breaking all your rules or you're, you know, going above and beyond and doing something extra special for them that you wouldn't necessarily do for someone else. If that guest goes out and tells other people, then there's the expectation that everybody is going to have that same sort of a oh, treatment. Good. I'm and glad so, that's what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> I was worried. Yeah, it, it's it's an, an interesting thing because we all have, you know, kind of our favorite guests and our favorite members. And mm. we may not want to like say it that way, but those people are probably going out like singing your praises mm-hmm. and what they're saying could be different than what you would do for someone else. 
And so I'm just curious if you guys have ever had any situations like that where, you know, a customer of yours has set an expectation for another customer and maybe that experience that customer number two has had, is it any different? I have a great example of that, I think. So I have someone that I would float on hours that I don't have floats for. Mm. And she was going to float with a couple other people. Then she backed out. Then she wanted me to let the other people float. And I had to say, Uh. actually, I only do that for you because you're special. And since you're not floating, I don't want to be here that late on a Friday night (laughs) when... I'm not, I haven't been open. I'm not actually open those hours, but I do it once in a while for you because you're you. Right. So she didn't even know. Yeah. And really she didn't know that I was making that a special thing for her. So, so they, how they, did that, she I feel could have made that, that a little more clear, but. Sure. Um, so was she, what did she take that as a positive? Like, wow, I'm special. Or did she say, wow, like, gosh, you know, what an asshole. Like, <laughs> I told my friends like they could do this and now you're saying no. No, she's uh, she's awesome. She's turned into a friend and I'm actually she's a business owner and I'm part of a mastermind group with her that huh. I was invited into after that. So I definitely think she looked at it more as oh that's awesome you've been doing this special thing for me. And she understood that. She absolutely knows how hard I work, how much I work. She was I think very cool with it and understood where I was coming from. Love it. Well, I'd like to bring a different slant into this. So as most people know, I don't work in my centers and I I haven't ever worked in the center. And so I have to really um, rely on my team to really deliver a customer service experience in, in the shop. I am responsible and I was responsible for building you know, the brand and the feel and all of the things that people see from the outside before they make their appointment. And I certainly think that that is, you know, where the significant experience starts. But for me, it's been really challenging to keep a level of standard that, you know, we would expect as business owners, right? Nobody looks at your business like you do. And I'm so pleasantly surprised to report this, you guys. I just hired two people in River North. As you guys know, like we've had a hard time finding employees. And I finally found two people, manager and supervisor, who really, as far as I can tell right now, have interesting vantage points and eyes for service, like looking at details. And I'm so excited to you know, really kind of let them run and put their spin on things. But do you guys have that problem too as – you know, business owners getting your team to deliver a customer experience that's to your standard? And if, if so, like what kind of things like really are important to you in, this, in the experience side? Oh, okay, I'll go first. Uh, that, that is such a big, I, this, this, I mean, I guess maybe Drew could maybe top me on this one because he said he's never wanted to hire employees based off of this. But yeah, we're the we're the owner, right? We're a small business owner. We're not some megacorp who's constantly handing it down from the beginning. We we put all our blood, sweat, and tears into this, and we have this direct connection with it. And we want to deliver how we would personally deliver customer service, and that is um, tough to pass on. And Gloria, as I think you know better than I do, um, but I probably know better than say Kim or Drew, is as as you step away from the business 
that's really hard to maintain that degree of, I don't want to, I don't know if control is the right word, but I mean, that kind of is what you're trying to do. That kind of um, quality control so that mm-hmm. as, as people are coming on board, as time goes by, the standards are met um, and that attention to detail and the kind of the above and beyond that's not my employees should be staying after hours because they simply should. Of course, that's not the case. But the above and beyond that's kind of built into it, that that kind of just sweetness, whew, man, um, that that's tough. It's but even it, just, right, they have to talk to people. So they're representing yeah. you. And even if they don't talk to people and there's that awkward silence and their customers looking like, okay, am I done? Can I go? What's oh, next? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like I've, I've already seen that with some employees. And I, so then I have to step in and say, you're all set. Thank you for coming in. You already mm-hmm. paid. Appreciate it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. not just about what they do say, but what maybe they don't say as well. Mm-hmm. Sure. And not that this is a hiring episode, but for me, it is definitely the customer service, whether they seem bright, if you enjoy being in front of that person during the interview to me is way more important than you know, being able to clean a room, that kind of thing, like that, that kind of connection for me, you know, learn the software later, learn all the, the ins and outs of the float tanks another time, um, you know, over time, I should say that can take a long time. That's fine. The customer service part is number one. It's kind of funny because we, we actually started with the opposite. Um, we hired an intern a couple of years ago and then, um, his job was really primarily just focused on deep cleaning and turning the rooms. And we started training him on some other things, but he really wasn't interested in it. And so ours was kind of a very uh, unique situation where we really didn't get to interview the guy. We were just kind of assigned an intern and we're like, all right, let's make the best of this. And, (laughs) you know, so that's very unique and it was a legit internship, but we did, he did a great job cleaning. So, you know, we, we hired him, but customer service wise, he, we had him answer the phone a couple of weeks ago. He froze in the middle of a phone call and literally didn't know what to say and just sat there. And Graham was with a, a guest at the desk and was just like, what are you doing? Like, say something, say something. And dude, our dude just froze. Um, oh my so, gosh. Wow. Yeah. You know, but, but with that, like we've, we've started looking at, all right, so you know, we have no problem if we have a family event, we have a big thing coming, or if we just need some time off, like we have no problems closing every once in a while. We're not doing it weekly, you know, we're not doing it every day, but you know, once every six to eight weeks or so, if we need to take a day, we do that. But we're also looking at what can we do in order to potentially open another day or, you know, expand our hours a little bit. And that does require bringing on somebody who can do the customer service piece for us. And what we've found is part of our brand when we see all of the posts on social media or, you know, when people start talking about us so often, the comments are Kim and Graham are great. Kim and Graham are great. And that's part of our brand. Right. And that's something that's really hard. Yeah. It's really hard to break away from that. And it's really hard to be able to set your employees up for success when there's such loyalty to the owners you know, and so Absolutely. we're we're trying to figure out what do we want to do now, and and how can we make sure whoever we are bringing in can also fit into that Kim and Graham are so great, to to also say Sukino is so great, right, um, right, and kind of bring that out a little bit more. I still can, want people to know their names. Can I just go back real quick mm-hmm. to this guy because I do feel for him. Is is he? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, 
does he have the ability? Can he train through that? Or is it just like has a phobia and there's no getting over this hurdle? He's young, very inexperienced. Um, You know, he... He's he just does young. have another yeah. job. He yeah yeah he works you know part time with us a few hours a week, couple of days at most, and you know his other jobs aren't really dealing with the public. So he works yeah. with an electrician, and you know so oh, he's he's kind of in a, a a little bubble where he's not expected to really talk to a lot of people. Got it. We've been sort of nudging him just a little at a time, and um, but he he kind of darts to the back as soon as a guest comes wow. out. Like he doesn't want to be seen. He doesn't he doesn't enjoy that and. A lot of times he's there working with my husband who does enjoy it. He wants all the attention. If you know my husband, like he wants all the attention. He's a total rock star in every sense of the <laughs> like word. Literally, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like literally. Um, and he loves that attention. So there's also that piece that he doesn't have a, our employee doesn't have a lot of space to be seen and, and engage with our, our customers too. So we recognize that. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's funny. He yeah. feels But he's not our guy. He's, right? he's not yeah. our guy to take over if we're gone, you know, if we oh need my to, gosh. to be yeah. away for a day. He's not the guy for that. So, yeah. And to tie that back to customer experience is if you left him alone there and had him cover for a day and a bunch of customers had really bad customer experience and interactions with mm-hmm. him, it would send out negative mm. opinions of your business you out into the world. So, and that goes right. back to what Dylan was saying about the hiring process, that if you hire the right person um, for the right job, and it's perfectly okay to have back of the house people in front of the house people. I think, you know, that's a very successful strategy for some centers, for smaller centers like ours. And if you want somebody to run it on their own, they've got to be able to do both. Right. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. And also don't bank everything on whether they can have a conversation or not. Again, this isn't the hiring episode, but, but, uh, you know, that person could get hired and then like, can't take feedback or feels like they're the boss of everybody. I mean, there are a million other, other factors Mm -hmm. that, that can play into things, but I certainly prioritize that they need to be able to hold a conversation, seem intelligent, empathetic, all of that emotional intelligence. Um, I want to, um, talk to Gloria and see, about her point of view and how she's able to structure that from the beginning. But but first, if I may, going back to the social media stuff, which I, I had kind of mentioned a while ago, and Kim, you do my social media management now, so I can't really like talk from knowing making it. But what I have noticed is that interactions have, oh, wow, this is just becoming a plug. Sorry, this isn't meant, intended to be a plug, but but, it, but it's the truth. Yeah, I know, right? But, but the truth is, is that... Um, Interactions are going up. Facebook keeps alerting me to like, oh, this is 80% or 90% more interaction than usual. Um, And oftentimes, there are the ones that are talking about self-care completely devoid of information about floating. Um, The Mm -hmm. stuff that is just respectful to other humans and taking care of yourself are the highest performing ones. And that also sets the precedent for what our brand means for what the float shop is to people. And it can be their first customer experience going back to then, you know, witnessing that inside of our building, which I think is really, really cool. And also, thank you. <laughs> it's super cool that you've seen that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything you, I mean, does that feel intentional to you? Uh, is that just totally a fluke? Yes. <laughs> yes, it 100% is. You know, it, like we said at the beginning of the show, your your social media is part of your customer server, your customer experience. And a lot right. of people are going to see that before they see anything actually before they go to your website or before they, you know, go to your center. And that is an extension of who you are and what you offer. And if all you offer to the world is 
buy this float, buy this float, buy this float, buy this mm -hmm. float, buy this float. Like that's not an experience that's going to make people feel good. It's not right. going to, you know, make them want to come in. It feels like you're just trying to sell shit to them. And when you can put a message out there that says you are important, how you care for yourself is important. We're here to help you care for yourself. That's a totally different message. And, and what you're talking about is not, like you mentioned earlier, logo design, your colors, all that stuff, mm -hmm. your font. You're talking about a feeling and the vibe that you get from mm -hmm. them, from what, what they're talking about on social media. And I think that is something that maybe I have overlooked over the years, thinking so much of what does is, what is branding mean, you know? Branding, mm -hmm. and it all starts from your, your uh, what is it, your mission objective? What, what do you call that mm -hmm. in, in your business plan when mission, you first? Mission, vision, values, yeah. Nice. Um, Gloria, please. Well, I'm still kind of going back to the expected standard, right? So for me, I, I think my observation is very different than everybody else's in the studio because I'm coming mm -hmm. in at times and I'm not there all day in and out where everything becomes wallpaper to me. So when I walk into any business, not just my own, I'm always like scanning for defections. It's crazy. I don't like being this way, but I'm wired this way. And Kim and I both have a background working for Disney. And, you know, I've been raised to be very careful about how you deliver service and the expectations mm -hmm. for service. And there is a front of the house and the back of the house in the hospitality industry, right? And it drives me batshit crazy <laughs> to blend the two, right? So it's so... Mm like much of a pet peeve for me, but it's, it's just not trained to most people. Like most people just don't think it's a problem to have your laundry room door with all your cleaning supplies wide open heart, to the customers. And I'm, right. and I'm like freaking out, right? Like I'm, I'm like, yes. it's so like, <laughs> so, so like articulating that. And I'm going to, let my new team uh, hear, hear this podcast. I'm going to send it to them <laughs> so that, you know, they don't think I'm picking on them. Like, this is just who, who I am, right? But I, it, I've just been raised so, like, adamant about the front of the house versus the back of the house. And you don't let people see the sausage making to the extent that, like, at, at Disney and in a lot of hospitality companies like hotels, which I've worked at, you don't go to work in your uniform, because sure. you're not supposed to be at the grocery store in your uniform or in your car in your uniform. Your brand is the second you walk into that hotel or theme park, right? right, right. And so I've now like wanted to take that to the float center, but I, oh, I know I, do I have, that. I, and I've, I'm trying to instill that now, but you know, we've mm -hmm. had 27 employees at one time and it's just a lot to <laughs> manage, right? <laughs> But um, yeah, so again, I'm going from a different vantage point because when I come into my float center, I can't even float there, you guys, because oh, yeah. I'm so like taking in every little mm -hmm. flaw that I'm so distracted, I can't relax, right? So mm -hmm. I guess that's the, the downside of being psycho like I am. Um, <laughs> you know, but Gloria, yeah. can I say though, like... You're talking about working at Disney and having that background, but everything you're saying, I can relate to 100%. When the, the when the door down the hallway 
is open and you can see the back room and you see the slippers and all that stuff to, to the float center. I'm like, what, 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 are, what are we doing? If I can see that, any customer can see that from the very beginning opening the float center. I didn't even want to educate people on how the float tanks were cleaned. I didn't even want it on the website. I wanted it to be an educational thing. If somebody asks, we'll tell them how the water is clean because I don't want them to think about anything that's going on in the, in the, with the float tank. We simply, it's simply there for you. And and my, I've, you know, there's now information online about that, but, but that's where I stand on that. Like it should be such a separate thing. But I, and I know that when people are working day in and day out in the studio, you know, things start to pile up and they don't notice them. It's not their fault. Right. But I'm, Every time I have a conversation, I can't tell you how many times I've said, let's always think about the customer, especially the first time customer who's coming in and has no idea who we are or what we do or what we offer. Like you have to have a beginner's mind every time you step foot into our studio and see everything from the customer's eyes. When you walk in, what do you see? Do you see your you know, the person working at Float 60 greeting you? Are, are they on a book or on their phone? Like, do you see the, the back door open? Do you see vinegar, a bottle of vinegar on the floor holding the door open? Which, God bless my staff, they were hot one day and I felt really guilty after. I'm like, hey, can we put the vinegar in the back? And they're like, oh, we're using it as a prop to get some airflow in this place, which then, you know, prompted me to call the HVAC guy, right? right? right. I mean, right. it's like they solve for problems differently because they because they're that's they have to manage through their day Mm -hmm. um and when i walk in it's like a complete cyclone right so can i ask you a question about that and and i feel like i'm derailing the show a little bit here but i've tried really hard to to if i take note of those things to pass it to my manager instead of on the spot saying things to employees because i've had employees say like who, who is supposed to be talking to me? Like, who who am I supposed to get information from? It feels confusing to them. Also, you know, I'm super. I'm a super intimidating guy, which I say as a joke, but to some people <laughs> I am an intimidating guy, which is really You're weird to think of. I'm the boss, right? And I mean, just that in its own has this particular weight to it. So how do you, how do you deal with that? Or are you just so fun and lighthearted? Everybody just loves hearing feedback from you. <laughs> I doubt it. Like I, I feel like when I walk in that I put people on guard and I hate that. Like I, I'm really just there to like see them and say hello and pick up the mail. And I'm not, I'm really not looking. But also things, I'm like, right? why is the vinegar over there? How come that door's open? Yeah, but I, I don't deliver the message like that, but I huh. think there's sometimes, so to answer your question, Please. yes, if it's a fundamental breakdown in a process that I'm you know, just observing through customers' feedback, then of course I'll go through Lisa, who mm. will then cascade mm-hmm. messages. Or now I've got everybody on, oh, I'm sure they love this. I've got everybody on like instant chats. I've, I've converted everybody to Google Chat, which now has everybody <laughs> communicating between locations, right? And I used to use Slack, but now we're, so now it's very easy for me to check in and say, hey, take a picture of this and send it to me. And then oh, cool. like I'm getting like a visual right? So I'm sure I'm driving them crazy. But my intention, I love all you guys. Once you listen to this, please understand. I love all you very, very much. She even says that before recording. I just want to put that out there. I I really do. (laughs) Like I really do. But there are certain things that I just don't think I've done a good job with a fundamental training 
baseline because a lot of people just don't think this way or they don't have experience in hospitality and everybody's so used to getting crappy service most of the places that they go that it's like just normal to like so i don't know i'm not sure how to control myself dylan when i do see something that i know is going to cause like a customer walking in and seeing Mm -hmm. vinegar like what is that like right Right, you know the, the what I fun, mean. The fun the other- part of that is the customer, your employees are probably getting ninety percent right. It's that ten percent that you are totally. anal about, right? And that like, totally. like, oh my god, red alert! What the yes. f is this vinegar doing yes. there? And, yes. and, and, total, and somebody walking totally. in wouldn't have even seen it. Uh, a customer totally, walking totally, in. totally. Okay, yes. okay, okay. I totally derailed the show. I apologize, Drew. Can you write the ship? Well, to bring it back to customer service, as you know, we would, we've largely been talking about the customer service part of the show, on, you know, before people get into your center. Right. But I also believe that it also is when people pull up to your center or walk to your center. What's going on in the parking lot? What's going on in front of your door? Does anyone ever sweep it? Does anyone ever clean it? Um, you know, what's it look like oh, to somebody who's never been there? Drive-by uh, shootings. Uh, drive-by right. shootings, carjackings. Like personally attacked uh, me, Drew. Jeez. <laughs> it's a, that play, all plays into it, right? So It does. Um, you know, that's and so I guess let's forget about the surrounding environment because people choose to be where they're going to choose to be. But you can sweep the front yep. walkway mm-hmm. of your of the outside of your float center. You don't have to wait for the property management company to do it, right? You could replace the parking signs that customers have backed into a hundred times over. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Drew. It's an attack, but I hear you. We we hear you. (laughs) You So, all right, let's get inside now. So what happens when they open the door? What's it look like? And I actually tell my employees to go outside and come inside Mm -hmm. and look around. I love that. And if it was your first time... And I learned that from the restaurant industry. I do think mm-hmm. being in the restaurant industry is awesome experience for people. But yeah, what's it look like? What is what do they smell? What do they see? Uh, what do they feel? Is it too cold? Is it too hot? Um, that's all. That all plays into their instant um, judgment of what this experience is about to be like. And if you're burning a lavender scented candle, and the person who walks in doesn't like lavender. You're going to have a disgruntled customer, which I've had, and that might, we'll might talk about that on an upcoming episode, (laughs) but, um, right. So you, all of these things are pieces of the puzzle to that customer Mm -hmm. experience. And then it is, how do you greet them? Uh, are you giving them clear, concise directions? Do they understand what you want from them? A lot of people, especially new people, come in really nervous, especially those with anxiety and those who come in because they learned about floating as help for anxiety. So really noticing those people and speaking with them in a way that tries to get to the bottom of what brought them in here Mm, and speaking to those, right, you're not going to talk to somebody who doesn't work out about the recovery benefits after doing an athletic event. Right. So that's, that's all part of how you can help provide a better customer experience. And, um, you know, that goes to when they sit down, I think everybody right has a waiting room or a lounge to a lobby, sit down where they sit down, 
what's going on when you're sitting down from that standpoint, from that perspective. I actually do that. I'll go and sit on my couches and I'll look around. What do I see? And I've noticed stuff before. I'll notice some dust underneath a little um, shelf, right? Something like that. But um, you can get different perspectives from going through that process. And for me, I have, I don't know if I, I think I have mentioned this before, but the outside of my place looks closed. It doesn't look very appealing. I'm in a condo complex, so everything has to look the same. But all of my windows are boarded up. There's no bright light. There's no sunlight coming into my float center. When you open the door, it's it looks like a lounge. It's dark, but with colored lights. So there's a lot of purple and blues in the float center. And from the moment someone walks in until they leave, the only white light they'll see is the bathroom light. Everything else mm-hmm. is a colored light. So um, I have a lavender-scented candle. I have dim lighting. So it looks like... It's almost like a speakeasy. You open the door and come into this wild place that is very different than what you were thinking in your head when you were walking up from the parking lot. So um, I like controlling the lighting. I'm big on the lighting. I think that does a lot. I hear tons of positive feedback about my light. Cool. And then, um, you know, and then the introduction, which I believe we will have another episode on the introduction. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yep. big part of that customer experience right now you're interacting with the customer um so and and if uh, i may drew if i may yes uh, you know not only once they get into the room there can be issues like i mentioned before like the water could be too cold or it could smell murky there could be all these other things but also the float tank itself matters a lot too yeah that's right this is a segue into an advertisement and i did a great <laughs> job it's okay you can you can nice praise work, me nice for work. this thank you thank you great transition uh, thank you and the isopod float tank that's i dash s-o-p-o-d uh float tank does an amazing job of welcoming somebody into the float i love that when i bring people into the isopod rooms that we have which we have two now they are put at ease they say, oh, my gosh, I thought it, you know, the lid was going to be closer down to their face. They say, oh, my gosh, this is so spacious. Um, you walk them through. It's so simple. There are two buttons in the float tank and a door to open and close on their awesome gas springs that they use. So it's super convenient that way. I-SOPOD.com is where you want to go to learn more about these, get in contact with these guys, and learn about how they can fit into a float room, which <laughs> at the float shop with our old building, we have some uh, you know pretty modestly sized rooms, and we've managed to be able to fit those in our rooms and, and put the filtration systems off to the side, and the, um, the whole piece fits together very well with a relatively small footprint for how large the float tank actually is which really does mean the inside of the float tank is a very spacious float area. So i-sopod.com is where you want to go. Again, isopod.com, and uh, tell them we sent you. Sorry to cut you off there, Drew. (laughs) No, that was perfect because that is part of the customer experience. And if you have three different type of tanks and someone booked one and you put them in another one, you're creating a bad customer experience. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. That friction. You know, Drew, you were talking about how you like walk through your space and that's something that is so crucial, but the the piece that you have to switch in your brain is to switch out of the owner and into the customer mindset. And uh, I float every Sunday night, um, most weeks, occasionally I'll, I'll miss it, but typically I work all day on Sunday. And then once I get the last guest out, I lock the door 
And after I've cleaned up, I actually go change. So Gloria was mentioning earlier about Disney, you know, you don't wear your uniform out. We keep our, all of our uniforms. It's just a Sukino t-shirt and scrubs, but we keep all of that at the center. Um, we launder it there and that way, you know, we have dogs and like we have pets and like we have dog hair on our clothes sometimes and we don't want that in the center. So as soon as we walk in, we go change clothes. And as soon as I finish my shift, I change back into my regular clothes and I walk back up to the front of the center. And I start there with sitting down. What does it look like when I sit down, take my shoes off? What signage do I see? What looks familiar and inviting? And, you know, that whole experience of walking through the hallway, what does that feel like? Where am I noticing dust bunnies or, you know, all of those little bitty things. I'm putting on my customer hat, going in and that experience of taking off your clothing and where do they go? What does that feel like to hang your stuff or where do you, do you have somewhere to put it? How far do you have to reach to get to the washcloth? You know, if you get salt in your eyes, like all of those things, <laughs> you can only know as a guest. And if you're not floating in your own center, it's really hard to have that experience and to, to notice like, you know, our, one of our employees moved the hamper and he moved it across the room because he just didn't like it where it was. And it was one of those things where I'm like, wait a minute, but over there it feels really, really crowded. And when I sit down to change my clothing, I have a hamper at my knees. That's not okay. Yeah. And those are the things that like you have to experience as a guest yes, 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 in yes, order yes. to know what that experience feels like. We, so we, I love that you're doing that too, Drew. I think we all need to do that. We have a policy at the shop for employees that they can change anything they want in the center. It just has to be approved by the group. Um, so mm-hmm. if somebody hangs a towel a particular place, there needs to be a reason for that if, if you're going to change it. Yeah. Otherwise, don't think independently on your own to do that just when you're working there because also yeah. consistency is extremely important. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's, that's an, again, different thing. Yeah, it matters. It all matters. True. Love it. It all matters. Well, I think we have some future episodes coming up where we dive so. into some specific <laughs> topics, you know, surrounding the customer experience. But um, generally speaking, customer experience starts from the moment someone hears about or looks into your float center, whether it's online or through word of mouth, and goes all the way up until they're floating. And then when they leave, and how they feel after right so hopefully you're all giving everyone a great float experience and um i think we'll talk i actually i do want to say real quick i always leave my people with something positive when i say goodbye and i try to actually the thing i say is hey pay attention to how you feel be mindful how you feel the rest of the day there's a continued benefit that goes on a lot of people notice that their body still feels loose. They're just not as stressed out. And a lot of people sleep well that night. And so the last thing, and they say, bye, thanks for coming. So the last thing they're hearing from me besides bye and thank you is these positive benefits that most people have. So even if it's a bit of a placebo effect, they might feel better later on that day. And I do feel as though, at least anecdotally, that I get a lot of positive feedback about how people feel the next day and even maybe the day after that, that they feel good for a couple of days. It's funny you say that because I have a follow-up email that we send to anyone uh, who has done their first float who hasn't upgraded to our intro package and it has all of those key points in there. Mm. 
And we also, we give an opportunity, you know, hey, we hope you saw all of these benefits. And if you would like to upgrade to our intro package, you have 24 hours to do that. And we get so many people who respond back who will take advantage of that. But one of the things that they say is, I slept like a baby last night. I slept so well. You're right. This was amazing. And so just planting that little seed, great. Power of persuasion. (laughs) Right. And it's true. Drew, thank you. Gloria, Kim, thank you guys so much. Love it. I love talking about this stuff. I feel like we can have all the time in the world. And I'm, I'm glad we're starting to do series, a series uh, talking about this because there is so much to dive into. So we have more episodes to talk about this. Uh, and yeah, I think Drew alluded to the fact that we're going to be talking about customer service, uh, excuse me, customer experiences and maybe negative customer experiences next week, how to deal with them and maybe even share some of our best experiences. Anywho, thank you guys so much for co-hosting with me. I love seeing you guys. Um, Thanks, everybody, for listening to the pod. Thanks for supporting the pod on Patreon. You help support the show along with our advertisers, and we truly appreciate it. And thanks so much to Olga for producing our show and making it worthwhile for everybody to listen to. Let's see here. What else? Um, You know something I have never mentioned since we started playing the new music at the intro? Thanks to Deepest Darkest for making our intro music. Yes, there's an actual band that made this music. Check them out, Deepest Darkest on Spotify or whomever you, wherever you get your music. And um, they absolutely rock. They were actually featured on, I think it was, not that I was thinking this old house. I, I forget, some very popular podcast, like an NPR podcast. Um, and they, they didn't ask for permission. They just used Deepest Darkest's music and... I don't even think they mentioned the band name or anything, but then they just shot up and got super popular from that. So one of their songs has quite a few listens to them. But anyway, they're a local Portland band. They've been around for quite a long time and and are absolutely awesome. They were Troob before that if you want to do some heavy research. Anyway, now that I haven't mentioned them for years, let me just go ahead and deep dive into who (laughs) these guys are. So, uh, yeah, thank you guys for the music. And thanks for listening. Yeah. (laughs) And here is Deepest Darkest. See you next week.